0: Welcome to CareerPod, your Audible Career Fair podcast. I'm your host, Dana Francis. Hello, and welcome back to CareerPod. We took a little mini break, but never fear, we are now back, and you can expect new episodes to air on the 1st and 15th of every month. This episode will be airing on April the 1st, so happy Easter to everyone out there that celebrates the holiday. Today on the show, we're switching gears a little bit and chatting about a really amazing organization that's helping bring the love of trades and technology back to youth. I know for many high school and post-secondary students, this is the highlight of their year. I am so excited to be showcasing Skills Canada, Alberta in this episode. And we'll also be chatting about the Girls Exploring Trades and Technology Conference. If you head to Skills Canada Alberta's website, they actually have this cute little countdown on their website for the provincial competition. And whenever I see it, all I can think is, it's the final countdown. In all seriousness though, I really enjoyed my chat with Victoria. You can tell she's the type of person that's perfectly suited to be a communications coordinator. She was poised and just a natural behind the microphone. So without further ado, let's jump straight into our interview. Today we are joined by Victoria Anderson, Communications Coordinator for Skills Canada, Alberta. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Can you give us a quick history on Skills Canada, Alberta, how it was formed and what it is? Yeah, so uh, we're a provincial non-profit organization
1: um, that was formed by some like-minded individuals who kind of wanted to promote uh, trade and technology careers to young people in Alberta. So, we are part of um, a national organization as well, and that actually feeds into a global organization. So, it's just kind of a, a global group that wants to promote those career options to young people as kind of first choice careers.
0: Currently, how many skills and trades are represented by Skills Alberta Canada? Uh, so, we have 45 uh,
1: trade and technology competitions at our flagship event. Um, the Provincial Skills Canada competition is where we profile um, young people who are really exceptional in the, their kind of chosen fields. So yeah, we have 45 areas ranging from welding to baking and photography to uh, graphic design, carpentry to landscaping. So you name it, we've pretty much got it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, i seen one under public speaking as well. So that's where it was not just trades, but there are all sorts of skills as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of um, employment skills is what we kind of call those ones. So public speaking, job skill demonstration, those kinds of things.
0: So what are some of the requirements for students to participate in these activities?
1: Uh, So it kind of depends on whether you want to compete at the secondary or the post-secondary level, because we have two levels of competition. Um, So first off, you just have to be a a, a permanent resident of Canada, um, and you have to reside in Alberta to compete in our province-wide events. And for post-secondary students, they just have to be registered in a course or an apprenticeship that's related to the competition area that they want to take part in. And quite often, our post-secondary and secondary competitors tend to be kind of nominated for participation by their teachers or by their instructors. So um, people who think that they've showed just kind of an extra level of skill in kind of their chosen area.
0: Are there any sort of age requirements for the post-secondary?
1: Yeah. So you have to stay under the age of 21 to compete at our provincial competition. Can
0: you speak to some of the opportunities for students participating in Skills Canada, Alberta events and competitions? Like, what do they take away from this when they're done?
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, So I think first and foremost is just a sense of pride um, in their skills. Like we want them to know that to be an exceptional carpenter or an exceptional welder or an exceptional baker is something to be really proud of. I mean, some of these students, they can kind of have the claim to fame of being the best baker in the province or sometimes the country or sometimes the world if they make it to that global level. Um, And I think just giving them an extra sense of confidence in those skills as well. I mean, time and time again, I hear from our alumni that now when they're on the job and a problem occurs or they're having to troubleshoot, they just feel really confident in their ability to be able to do that because of their um, competition experience, because they're taught to work under pressure, to problem solve, to adapt to new environments. So just kind of those soft skills in addition to just learning all about their chosen field so Mm -hmm. yeah and they also get to meet make contacts in the industry which is really helpful too Um, whether it be instructor contacts or potential employer contacts or even just their fellow competitors who know exactly what it is that they're going through and can kind of stay connected even after the competition and you never know where your peers are going to end up and where you're going to end up and just kind of making those contacts as well
0: yeah those contacts really help you find jobs afterwards like I know for me working in the trades it's awesome having things like LinkedIn and you can just be like, hey, do you know where there's work right now? The more people you know, the better. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's all about who you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sad but true, unfortunately. I was reading online that you were lucky enough to attend WorldSkills Sao Paulo in Brazil. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience?
1: Yeah, that was Phenomenal. First off, it was my first year with Skills Canada, Alberta. And then I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to volunteer with the World Skills Competition. So I had obviously seen our provincial level event and the national competition, but I had never seen the global event. And it was just crazy to see all the countries from all over the world where we kind of had this common language of just celebrating and elevating these incredible talents that these young people from all over the from all over the globe had. So it was really exceptional to see kind of how countries would come to bat for, for their young people and how countries would support those skills. And, you know, I, of course, got to make contacts and meet friends from all over the globe. So now I'm still in contact with friends in Brazil and in Germany and in the UK, and I wouldn't have made those connections if it wasn't for that experience. And it also just really hammered home for me, like the kind of impact that we can have on the young people who take part in our competitions, because obviously it's only a handful of individuals that make it as far as world skills, but to see the impact that that has on their future and to see the experience that they're having, you know, unfold
0: before them is, is really exceptional. It must be so fun. Like some people have never left the country either. So to have that experience of leaving the country and then to compete and it's the equivalent of the Olympics really for our world. So I could only imagine the excitement and the energy that must be at that competition.
1: Yeah, there's, there's excitement, there's obviously stress, there's, you know, worry. But I think overall, it's just this feeling of, wow, how lucky Am I to to be here and to kind of be representing my country in in welding or in carpentry Um, and just the we're, we're so fortunate that the young people that we take with us to those events are just just really exceptional human beings as well. And they're just so proud to be there and they're so proud to be representing their country and they they just always do us really proud.
0: Held in conjunction with the Provincial Skills Competition is the Girls Exploring Trades and Technology Conference. Can you tell us a little bit about this conference and what kind of activities these young women participate in while they're attending
1: it? Yeah, absolutely. So basically the goal of the conference is to just inform young women about the different career options that they have in the trades and technologies. I think so often those are not necessarily presented as realistic or first choice career choices to young women, which is just not the case because there's obviously been a lot of successful females in all those different kinds of areas. You know, we have one alumni, her name is Cecile, who is a car painting alumni, and now she's the first auto female auto body instructor at Nate, um, which is really exceptional. So just kind of telling those stories and making sure that young women know that these are options that are available to them that they, that can lead them to really rewarding careers that they can feel really passionate about and feel really happy in. And sort of the main point of the conference is to put them in contact with mentors from the industry. So we will have female electricians and female welders and female landscapers and graphic designers and all kinds of just really, truly exceptional women who come and just spend some one-on-one time with these girls to tell them about what their journey has looked like. So typically we start the day with a couple of um, keynote speakers, if you will. We kind of do a little bit of a presentation to them about just careers in the trades and technologies in general. And then we go into a morning of what we call tri-trades, where the girls will actually get to do hands-on demonstrations and hands-on activities where they will actually get to try their hand at plumbing and they'll try their hand at at being a glazier and they'll try their hand at welding and all those things. And then uh, in the afternoon, they actually go and tour the Provincial Skills Canada competition in small groups with their mentors. So the mentors are the ones who lead them through that event. So that then if the girls have a question about apprenticeship, or if they have a question about their different career options, they're getting that information from someone who has lived that as opposed to someone like me just, you know, preaching to them when I have no (laughs) idea where where they're coming from. So and then in the afternoon, we just do a a roundtable mentor session where they can just go and speak to maybe some of the mentors that they didn't get to talk to throughout the morning and just kind of learn about as many different things as possible. We just want them to try as many different things as they can because they just, you just never know what it is that you're going to discover a passion in. So.
0: And I think it's so important to have those mentors because I mean, you need to have those role models. Like I remember growing up that I didn't really see any women in the trades, like none of my friends, parents, none of their moms were in it. So I think seeing those positive role models, it just kind of helps spark that fire in some people that maybe this is something I could do.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we have some some really stellar alumni that we're lucky to kind of get involved with the conference and then also just women from industry and even some female instructors who just want to share their story with these young girls so that They can see where they could end up one day.
0: (laughs) So you've been working for over three years with Skills Canada, Alberta. Have you noticed an increase in interest from young women and these non-traditional career paths on the trades and technology? Yeah,
1: um, I don't necessarily know whether I would kind of have the authority to speak to whether there's more women who are actually in those careers. But I can definitely say that we have more women who are taking part in our programs and in our competitions. And I think just there are a lot more women who are being profiled for their success in those careers as well. You know, for example, Cecile, I know that Nate now has a commercial actually kind of talking about getting into the auto body repair program. And and they have a commercial that's all about Cecile and her journey. So I think it's really great to just see more of those stories getting out there. And I think ultimately, you know, if we're ever going to get to a place where this just doesn't even have to be a conversation anymore because it's just so equal. It's just going to be because of a whole lot of like-minded organizations and individuals just making sure that those stereotypes are getting addressed. And I think just making sure that the people who are real influencers in these young girls' lives, so their parents, their teachers, their peers, that that they're giving that same message to. So just kind of educating the entire community as a whole about uh, what careers in the trades and technologies can look like for you know, their children for
0: their students
1: um, and just making sure that they're supporting that conversation as well.
0: Do you think there's anything more we could be doing to be attracting young women to the trades and into these uh, traditionally male-dominated fields? What else could we be doing?
1: I think, um, yeah, I think awareness is just key and just, you know, how many young girls are actually being exposed to those careers, kind of like you said. I mean, how many of them grew up seeing a mother or a grandmother or an older sister in it necessarily in those careers and just making it so that even if you don't have someone who is in your kind of immediate circle that is pursuing a career in those fields, I'm just making sure that they're still exposed to that somehow. So whether that be through things like our conference or through maybe initiatives at school or uh, through... Some steps that parents are taking or just kind of making sure that 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 they're exposed to as many options as possible, because really, how can they know what they're going to love and what they're going to be good at and what they're going to be passionate about if they don't even have the opportunity to try that or to learn about that or to see that in action? So, yeah, I just think that exposure and awareness is the number one Mm -hmm. thing.
0: And I really think that, you know, millennials as parents are maybe a little bit different than the previous generation. Just, I know from me talking as a parent, we want to teach our daughter welding. We want to teach her how to fix the tractor. We want her driving the tractor. (laughs) Like, we want her doing all the things that, you know, maybe previous generations wouldn't have necessarily participated in.
1: Exactly. I think more and more, even when I talk to whether it be industry partners or alumni or some of our volunteers, more and more we're getting, you know, Know, those those millennial parents who are saying I, I can't believe that this is even a conversation that we're still having to have so um, I think that I, I do feel confident that we're kind of getting to a place where eventually it won't necessarily have to be so abnormal to say that there's oh you know we have a female welder who works for us that it will just be we have this exceptional welder mm-hmm. named Kate yeah. um, you know and it won't necessarily have to be whether what won't have to be this like this exceptional out of or out of the
0: ordinary thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I look forward to that. I'm I'm really <laughs> hoping it happens soon. Totally. I know any successful event usually has an army of volunteers behind it. If people wanted to help out with skills Canada <laughs> alberto what are some of the ways that they can get in contact with you guys?
1: Yeah, we're so lucky because really volunteers are the backbone of our organization. So every single one of those competition areas, those, you know, 45 competition areas are actually run by a committee of volunteers who... Are working year round to um, design that project and kind of put the logistics together to run that competition. Um, but then, in addition, you know, we have some people who who come to our events on the day of and help us with actually physically running that event. So um, it really kind of depends on whether you're someone who wants to, you know, sit on a committee and be involved all year round. Do you want to come to the events and help out? Do you want to mentor at the Girls Exploring Trades and Technologies conference? There's kind of a sp- a space for everybody, really. So um, what we really can ask for is, is people who are passionate enough to to want to give us some of their time to do that. That's exceptional. So if you do visit our website, skillsalberta.com slash volunteer, there is a lot of information on kind of the various ways that you can get involved.
0: Is there any sort of age restrictions? Like do you have to be 18 and older?
1: Or? Um, not necessarily. We do have some high school students that do come and volunteer with us, and then they kind of get some credits through their school. So as as long as it's kind of something that you've received permission from your parents and your teachers to not be at school for because the <laughs> events do run during the week, then yeah, we definitely don't have a problem with with having some younger volunteers on
0: board as well. That's awesome. And it's such a great way to meet other people. And then there's so many trades people volunteering for these. So, I mean, if trades is something maybe you're interested in, this would be a great way to make some great contacts.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, even our volunteers, I mean, they obviously make friends with the people that they've been volunteering with. I mean, we have some volunteers who have been involved since we started in 1992. And so, you know, they get to make exceptional contacts in in their fields, but also just, you know, friends.
0: Okay, so theoretical here, but if you had the undivided attention of an entire high school class, what would be the one thing you know now as an adult that you wish you knew back when you were a teenager? I would just want to tell them to try as
1: many things as possible. Don't be don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone. Just just try something because you never know what you're going to have sort of a natural talent for or a knack for or a passion for. And just know that your career is is your journey and nobody else's. So So do what makes you happy, do what makes you want to get up every morning and just know that there isn't really any end to your journey until you've decided that it's that it's the end. So, um, you know, even if you go and get a ticket in a trade or technology, that doesn't mean that you can't then become a business owner or an instructor or get a second ticket or uh, work internationally. Like there's just so many doors that I just hope that young people are just not afraid to go through just, you know. Take that leap and mm-hmm. and do whatever makes you happy. So
0: and really, in these day, you know, in this day and age, if you want to be recession proof, one of the easiest ways to do that is to be dual ticketed in something because a lot of employers are looking for that now. They don't want just the carpenter; they want the carpenter and the scaffolder. They want the welder and the pipe fitter. They want those dual ticketed people because those are the people that you know during these downturns they're always working.
1: Exactly. Make yourself indispensable to your employer. Really, mm-hmm. just make it so that you have a unique skill set that nobody else has because you have these multiple tickets.
0: Do you remember when you were younger what you wanted to be when you grew up?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, I wanted to be one of two things. I wanted to either be an actress or a teacher, which I think just really speaks to kind of the, the limited scope of knowledge that I had for what a job could be. Not saying that those jobs are not exceptional jobs for people who who fit in those roles. But I mean, I have always loved movies. So of course, I grew up looking as at actresses as some as people who made me happy, because I loved watching Mm -hmm. them. And so then that's what I wanted to be. Or I loved school, and I did really well in school. And so teachers also made me happy. So that's what I wanted to be. But so I actually went into school and did one year towards my education degree, and just quickly discovered that it just wasn't For me, I know lots of I know lots of teachers who love their job, but it just kind of wasn't what made me passionate. And I I think I I went into that because I just didn't know about anything else. And so I kind of wish that I had had someone who said to me you know, try different things and don't be af- afraid to explore different interests. And so I'm lucky that, you know, through through going into public relations and then landing, landing here with Skills Canada, Alberta, that I still get to do some of the things that made me want to be a teacher in the first place, which is mm-hmm. still helping young people kind of find their own passions and find their own path and their own careers. So kind of ended up in the perfect spot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, teachers and mentors just kind of go hand in hand so that your job kind of very closely aligns with that. I think it's funny because I actually took my first year of education (laughs) as well. and After I got into it and I was seeing they were going through the logistics of making lesson plans and I was like, this is not what I thought teaching was about. I thought it was about being, you know, the cool, cool teacher that everybody got along with and we were learning awesome things. But you do, you you figure out really quick that it's not quite a fit for you. And yeah. I think if I would have maybe volunteered more in a classroom environment, I would have figured out before going to university or to college that, okay, maybe this isn't for me.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think it takes a very special person to teach. And I think it's just important that, you know, even though I'd, spent money to go into this program and I had paid top dollar to to kind of take one year towards that to not be afraid to just recognize that this wasn't for me and not be worried just about how much money I'd spent on the education <laughs> and think more about okay is this going to make me happy no what will and then just take the steps towards that so hopefully lots of other young people feel that they can do the same.
0: And it's never a loss. Any education is good to have under your belt. And exactly. the contacts you meet and you quickly learn that, okay, well, this isn't for me. What What is? Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, one of my friends told me about this program. She volunteers with Skills and I was just like, oh, I have to get them on this show. It sounds so amazing. I love what you guys are doing. So thank you so much for letting our audience know a little bit about Skills Canada, Alberta. And thank you for your time.
1: Thank you for having me, and hopefully maybe you can swing by Provincials this year and you can see it in action. (laughs) I hope so.
0: (laughs) If you want to mark your calendars, the Skills Canada Alberta Provincials will be on May the 31st to June the 1st this year. And the Girls Exploring Trades and Technology Conference will be happening on June the 1st. We will be linking to Alberta's website in the show notes, so if volunteering is something you might be interested in, I highly recommend you check this out. Have you ever participated for Skills Canada Alberta? Either participated or volunteered or attended it? We'd really love to hear about your experiences. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search CareerPod. Some good news for our Android friends, we are officially on Stitcher now, as well as iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and YouTube, so we're pretty much all over the place now. Thank you so much for joining us today. Till we meet again, stay passionately curious.